dudes and dudes, welcome back to OldTravelingPodcast.com. Okay, I'm bringing in another great episode, right down the barrel. I'm bringing you a rough draft of a speech I gave to the administrators of San Jose, talking about the fire cancer initiative and what we plan to do to decon our fellow firefighters and some new procedures that are in the works. And I've just been cleared to start creating some videos for the department, which is great. And no uh, sooner time when I start feeling more sinus issues and everything coming around. Because I'll tell you what, and I do like to pronounce that WH on there, but I'll tell you what, uh, going on fires, there's a bunch of stuff that gets stuck up inside your nose. And we need to be flushing not just hair and skin and, and clothes but also that dang old nose. So I speak about it just briefly in this, but uh, very shortly I'll start having some uh, public service announcements for every firefighter, not just for San Jose, that I can put up on YouTube with visual and audio. This is a real quick 11-minute speech that I gave to the uh, two two secretaries and and a couple of politicians there. Uh, See what you think. It was on the fly. It was uh, called in at last minute when one of the other speakers canceled. They asked if I could jump in and speak about cancer briefly. Sorry for the delay in episodes. I had about six or seven takes on some very controversial subjects ranging all the way from wildland fires to public shootings. And I just didn't like the way anything turned out. I need to do these with debates between people rather than me spouting off. Anyone who wants to speak about the Second Amendment rights, particularly on gun control, um, particularly against gun control, please contact me and let's have some debates about it. Other than that, listen up. This is a fun first foray into what I would like to start setting up eventually as a TED Talk. Dramedypodcast.com. Click on the Stitcher app. You'll find me there. I'm also on iTunes. Also, go to the web page, and you can find the Amazon banner. Click on that, shop, and I get a little money dropped into my coffers. However, I've not seen any yet, but that's just because Amazon is being stingy. Don't let them be stingy. Pass along your money to the people that you want to have your money. Be a patron, okay? Other than that, I love you. Be the change. If you got it, use it. We return you to your already scheduled program in progress. Uh, you know, I hope you're all having fun out there. Has everybody gone through the burn tra- trailer yet? Yeah. You're all doing it? All had a pretty good time? Yeah. It's a lot of fun, and you see what we get exposed to pretty much on a daily, if not weekly basis. And, you know, there's always at least one firefighter, one fire in San Jose, so somebody's getting that. Um, it can be really exciting. I love the adrenaline rush of that. The downside of that is it's also really dangerous, both in the long-term and short-term. We could have an injury or, you know, God forbid, die in those fires, but we're there to take care of all of you and make sure that you're safe, so we're running in. Take care of that. The other side is the long-term issues and what could happen to us. And chiefly, I'm going to talk about cancer. It's a 
it's an inevitable fact as firefighters that we have to deal with cancer. Uh, it's more than 60% of firefighters will contract cancer in their life. That's a huge number, think about that. So uh, what we have to do is make sure that we are taking some steps to keep us safe. So today, what did we do after you went into the fire? What was a big first step after you got out to clean yourselves up? We had those fans going. That's a relatively new idea. And with the Cancer Initiative, we're trying to get some new protocols going to keep ourselves safe. That fan is what we call gross decontamination. So we go over there and just, you know, and spin around, stick it up there, and clean off. Because you have to get, you know, there's that particulate. Whatever you can't see or smell is still on you. So we have to start thinking of things like the large and then work our way down. And so what we're talking about doing is after that, after these big fires, or when we have what's called knockdown, when you put that fire out, really our job is basically a third of the way done. Then what we have to do is go in and do the dirty job of salvage and overhaul, and cutting all the stuff out and tearing this down and pulling out all of the insulation and everything and finding where that fire has stopped and making sure that's all done. Okay, that's not as fun as running in and you know putting out a fire and feeling heroic, but you have to do it in order to keep you know the fire from spreading. But while you're in there, you're now breathing all of that air. Even if we say and we open doors and we say it's relatively safe to go in, we'll gas meter and check it. But you still have to go in and check and clean that out, and you're breathing that in. It's still on your clothes and it's sitting on you. Not to mention the stuff that's already coming down. Fiberglass and things that didn't burn are also caustic. So when we go into these fires, the new idea is, it's actually not a new idea, but what we're trying to get everyone in the department doing is go in wearing your SCBA, your self-contained breathing apparatus, and a mask and stay on air as you do that. Just to at least keep your insides from getting what, all that crud from the outside. Um, it's. You can imagine after fighting a fire how tired you are and how much you don't want to have all of that hanging on you as you're pulling ceiling. But think about it, it's a little bit extra work now versus cancer treatment and cutting your life shorter then. So uh, it's, it's again, you know, we're trying to get this thought about it. And I think a lot of people in the department uh, really see the merit in that. We were just talking earlier about that with a couple guys and they said, hey, you know what? It's not, that, it's not that old culture where people walk around with a big charred helmet and all the dust and ash and smoke on your, on your clothes to show you that you've been in fires. That doesn't make sense. Our job is to keep everyone safe, including ourselves. So what we do is, after the fire, we clean ourselves off, we'll flush, sometimes even hose ourselves down, and then take off your gear. And you've all taken off, hopefully, your gear at some point. Take off your gear even though you know, it, you're, you're, you've been exposed only to a minimum amount. But take it off, bag it up, and send it off to the cleaners. And then put a new uniform on. We have two sets of turnout clothes, and so that's, help, that's very helpful most of the time. Sometimes you get a fire, you take off your stuff, you get another fire, now what do you do? Usually I'll just steal one of the turnouts from the guys that's not there on duty that day. If, you, if it comes down to that. Um, so. Take off your gear and then we go and decon and we shower. And what I've been trying to push to everybody is scrub down once, shampoo, then wash down, do it again. Scrub and flush and do it twice. So when you go home today, think about this. 
This is one time you've been in a fire and you're gonna go home and hopefully shower at some point. Once you do, think about the smell in that room. You're gonna smell the creosote. You're gonna smell that fire in your hair even after you've shampooed it. And I'll bet you you smell it tomorrow if you take a shower. You're just gonna smell it for a couple of days just from one exposure. So that's our job. We're going in all the time and we're getting exposed to it that way. I have a family friend that is an esthetician and she works on firefighters. They had a retired battalion chief that was there and she was picking his back. He had all these, this is, we're gonna get real here. I'm a paramedic, so we get into, you know, we're gonna get into some, some gross anatomy. Uh, but she's getting the blackheads off of his back. He's a battalion chief. He's not been in fires for probably the last five years of his life but he has these blackheads and as she's doing that, she starts to smell the smoke that's been trapped under the skin. And he was really embarrassed. He said, oh, I'm really sorry. But she was amazed that it's actually in there and it stays there. So you need to have a best friend that can go scrub your back. I have Jesse and, um, and he's got me. You better believe he's got me. So, but that's important. You know, we need to have more than just soap and water. We need to, you know, get some kind of detoxing cleaning products as well. And then after that, what we do is usually fill out an exposure report just to state that we have that. The, the big thing that we're trying to get is just more equipment. I have an extra set of turnouts, but I don't have a shroud that goes over. I don't have an extra hoodie. Well, what's sitting on my face and getting all the smoke all the time? It's that hoodie. Still don't have one. I don't have an extra set of gloves. We can't yet technically, whatever. We're getting there. Hopefully, we can afford it in the next couple of years. But these are the I'll, things. I'll interject there. Council yep. uh, did support an allocation this past year for $110,000. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you. We are able to do the one-time expenditure for uh, redundant uh, hoods, gloves, uh, some of the decon equipment. Great. Uh, we're evaluating how best to handle the helmet lining. If you, if you looked at the inside of your helmet, there's a lot of cloth liner that is a little tougher to deal with because it requires, in some cases, to take the helmet apart. So that's a little tougher from a decon perspective, but there are some advancements that we're making uh, on that front, and we're working very closely with the local, hopefully to get there uh, by January 1, a lot of that stuff should be in place. Great, thank, so, you. thank you. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, that's the other thing. Helmets. You've got to decon all these little things. And, you know, what does it mean? We have to be meticulous. You have to make sure that you're taking care of these little steps because you're always going to be exposed to these. So when you're out there, obviously, can you smell the smoke in the air down here? I can't tell. But, um, yeah, it's out there. They're telling in San Francisco, they said, if you don't need to be outside, stay indoors. That's 50 miles away from the fire, and it's still a respiratory risk and a carcinogen risk. Meanwhile, we're standing there cutting lines in front of these fires and trying to put them out. So you can, you can imagine the amount of toxins that we're getting. So every little bit helps. Um, what I've started to do also for anybody out there that goes on fires, particularly wildland, because you don't have that gear, is flush with a neti pot or something and clean out your sinuses and take care of that. Um, because that stuff is going to stay in there and it's going to go in if you don't flush it out. So. Big issues are that, and also these types of chemicals. I'll just briefly touch on this. Plastics, polyesters, all of this stuff in this room. Look around. What is actual natural product? And how much of this is man-made? Glues inside the wood over there. All of that, terrible chemicals, burning metals, 
car fires, trash fires, that's the stuff that really does the most damage the quickest. Back when they didn't have SCBAs, when they didn't have those breathing apparatus in the 40s, well, all the way up until about the 60s when it started to get implemented, they didn't have that, but they didn't have all of this burning at the same time. It was all natural, traditional building materials, wood, papers, some tar, some you know gypsum and so forth. But now with all of this, it's gonna burn a lot hotter, a lot more caustically, and the carcinogen release is, is terrible. It's, it's exponentially compounded. So uh, there's a real interesting, just by the way, I'll run it up here, but there's a movie called Toxic Hot Seat where they talk about this and they interview some San Francisco firefighters. I'll find something that works. And there's a period there where there wasn't SCBA use, but there was the implementation of all of this material. So my father was in this period. He was in Rescue 2 in San Francisco. He had throat cancer. Uh, they interview another chief who was a triathlete who got bladder cancer from working, just working in that period of time where all these combustibles were burning up and they didn't have any kind of respiratory equipment. And I'll explain why this is so important to me. This day last year, I was diagnosed with esthesioneuroblastoma, which is cancer of the olfactory nerve. So I was working. I got a bloody nose that didn't stop bleeding for about 40 minutes and then basically got into the doctor's office. I had to kind of talk my way in to get seen. And after speaking with them, I got down into CT. About two weeks later, they called me while I was in, at station 27, said, you have cancer. It is uh, malignant and uh, we need you to come in and do some further tests. So that was one year ago literally 10 10 16. Um, since then i've had surgery on my nose they went in through both sides they pulled out basically a golf ball sized tumor that was migrating back to my brain and into my right eye and i was able to keep those i mean can you imagine losing these babies um but they, they did a pretty damn good job you know i mean i mean come on look anyway so um, but yeah, they, after this, after the surgery, I had two months of radiation and I've been slowly rehabbing to get back here to work, which I'm uh, happy to say I have. Thank you. But it means the world to me. Um, at one point I didn't have any money. They rejected my disability claim. And actually that's why I've dressed up. I had, I went to court today just cause we're trying to get things settled to get some, some kind of money. But while I didn't have any money, my firefighter family donated sick and vacation time to me when mine ran out. And I literally would not have a home and I would not have a career if it weren't for all of you people donating out of the kindness of your own heart. I, I just want to take the opportunity to, to thank you so much. You know, anything you need from me, I'm here for you. And that's why I'm trying to push these ideas and implement this kind of protocol so that it keeps people safe. So if I gotta buy neti pots for every one of you, I'll do it, I'll do it. It'll take me some time, just let me get the settlement. But if that's what it takes, I will do it because you kept me alive and now I wanna keep you alive. So that's all I wanna say about cancer. Just keep that in mind when we're going into these buildings, um, we're facing this and we're doing it because we love the job and we wanna make sure that you're safe and healthy and hopefully you feel the same about us. So thank you very much.